Welcome to Comically Comics, your one-stop listen to all things comics. We're talking books, movies, TV shows, video games, and more. I must forewarn you, though, we are a spoiler cast, and what that means is we consider all properties, past, future, and present to be valid, and we will spoil the hell out of them. I'm your host, Michael, along with my two co-hosts, Richard and Jeremy, and with all that being said, let's get started. All right, it is June 6th, and uh, today's podcast, we're going to be talking about Thor, God of Thunder, Volume 2, titled God Bomb. And uh, we're also going to be chit-chatting real quick about the Alabama Comic-Con that we went to this past weekend. Did a little advertising for the podcast and stuff like that. Met a lot of cool people. Gave away a ton of books, I think, anyways. I mean, it was like, what was it? It was like 12 books or something we gave away, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It was close to it, at least. Richard, unfortunately, was unable to attend. He had thrown his back out. So he got to miss out on all the fun. Just, uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say is uh, two-thirds of us were there. And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I could not make it. Uh, so, yeah, he missed out on the people watching because there's tons of cosplayers, Whether and it was like an anime con as well. So, like, tons of anime people walking around, Marvel and DC people walking around, strange mushrooms walking around. Like, it, it was just... <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of weirdness. So... I couldn't tell you how many times we saw a uh, topless dude walking around with a boar head on his head and some oh. like samurai swords. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah that's from Do you uh, know that reference. Yeah, that's from Demon Slayer. I can't think of the character's name, but yeah, okay. it's from the anime Demon Slayer. See, that's the reason why we needed you there because Michael and I had no clue, <laughs> and I had to run up and like tap a guy on the back, like, "Hey, hey, hey, what? What's your costume?" Basically, like, who is this? And um, so, yeah. That's the reason why we, we missed you. So <laughs> Jeremy was like the uh, interviewer at like a uh, a movie award show when they ask him like, "Who are you wearing?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. Uh, they had some cool cars there. They had a Ninja Turtle van that I was like super interested in. Um, we had a Hulk cutout that was um, it was taller than me, but that's not really saying a whole lot because I'm a pretty short guy. Uh, but kids got to come and take pictures with it. So a lot of kids got to do that and they got to take home little cartoon stickers and stuff like that for oh, free. Hulk Buster. Is that not what I said? Well, you said just Hulk. So, oh, yeah, it's a Hulk, Hulk Buster. I'm sorry. Buster. I'm an Iron Man fan. So, of course, yeah. it was a Hulk Buster. Yeah. I own nothing Hulk that I know of, anyways. <laughs> so, <laughs> not a fan. Um, what else, Jeremy? What else? Uh, I mean, we just, Got to meet some really cool people. <laughs> there was a guy that came by and he was a big Snyderverse fan and he came by twice and both times Michael wasn't there. I was like, well, crap. <laughs> so, I was just like, well, I can't help you. Yeah. He was like, I'm a big Snyderverse fan. I was like, oh, okay, me too. Um, I don't know what all he's done to share. <laughs> um, Batman? I don't know. Uh-uh. Suicide Squad? Somewhere in there. Who? <laughs> exactly. Uh, that was great. It was so funny. Like, there would be, like, sometimes there would be the couple people that would stop by and you know, talk to us, and we'd be talking about our podcast, and they'd start asking questions. And then they start getting deeper and then I just kind of like fade into the background and like Michael kind of stepped more into it. I was like, <laughs> um, okay, I'm here. 
That's fun. Yeah. That's funny. Were there any? <laughs> uh, actually, hang on real quick. I, I meant to address uh, the, just our listeners. You'll notice that Jeremy sounds a little different tonight. That's because he is communicating to us from the moon. That's right. <laughs> He's on the moon. That's right. With the Inhumans. <laughs> yes. He's on the blue side of the moon where there's oxygen. <laughs> That's copyrighted. That's copyrighted. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry. Were there any were there any comic book artists there? Who who was there any um artists or voiceover people or because usually that's always at the con. There was, well, uh, at least no one voiceover person that was there. Jim Cummings. Oh, yeah. Winnie the Pooh, Tigger. Mm-hmm. Um, he was there. And I didn't know all the stuff that he had done. Like, he'd done, done Winnie the Pooh, uh, like I said, Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Darkwing Duck. Michael said he did the, um, does the dragonfly and Princess and the Frog. Lightning Bug. Huh? What'd I say? The Lightning Bug. Didn't, didn't I say lightning? Did I say lightning? What did I say? You said dragonfly. Oh, sorry. And he looks kind of like, like a dragonfly. <laughs> <laughs> You said Hulk. It's a Hulk Buster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So got to I went and talked to him. I uh, got his uh, autograph. Got a picture with him. Oh, cool. I went and saw Judith Hogue. She played April O'Neil in the yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. And she also played the mom in Halloween Town. She was super awesome and talked to like everybody as they were coming through. So I got her autograph on my TMNT poster. That's awesome. To go with Ben Tochi, Ken Scott, and Kevin Eastman. So a few more, you guys. Need to know where you're at because I need y'all. I need y'all. I did not even re- realize that she was the mom in Halloween Town. So you just said that. And I was like, <laughs> holy cow. <laughs> That's really cool. Who? Because <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I know I know her from as April O'Neil. What the hell is Halloween Town? You you've never watched Halloween Town? Don't 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 even go there with me, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like that's like our generation like movie kind of thing. But I mean, I guess it's more normals that watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what Halloween Town was until I had my first child and she wound up <laughs> She wound up watching it. And I watched it with her. Like I, I, I didn't know. And I think my mom even had to point it out to me. She's like, "Oh, look, that's April O'Neil." And I was like, "Who?" And I was like, "No, that's not her." I'll be damned. It is. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, there's a Halloween. There's a Halloween Town one and two. At least I don't think there's a third one. Is there a third one? I think I there's know. a third one. Yeah, I think there is. Um, but it just obviously as most of those things go as you get further down the line of which movie it is, it goes downhill as the quality of the movie. Yeah. They had the, the original blue and pink power Rangers there. Oh, um, I can't remember their names. Really? Last year they had the original red and black. So you almost could have the whole cast. Um, unfortunately the yellow Ranger, she passed away here. However long yeah. back the big, the big highlight. Kimberly. Sorry. Yes. That's awesome. I, I, I like, Childhood me had such a crush on her. I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh the big the big headline, of course, was uh Billy D. Williams. Oh. And so I 
I went back and forth as to whether or not I wanted to go and and try and talk to him or get something signed because I have a uh, original Batman Harvey Dent card that I was like, I bet he didn't sign too many of those. Like, I'm sure he gets tons of Lando Calrissian. And for those of you who don't know, Billy D. Williams played Lando Calrissian in the original Star Wars movies. He played uh, Harvey Dent in the original uh, Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson Batman movie as well. Uh, They recently just came out with a Batman 89 comic book exploring him becoming Two-Face. So there was possibility of him becoming that as the Tim Burton movies went on, but they never did it. So I would love to have asked him if that was ever talked to him about. And I sh- I probably should have done it. I probably should have done it because that was my only chance, more than likely. So, man, I didn't know Billy D. Williams was there. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, just to help you out, Richard, I didn't know he was there either. Oh. <laughs> 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 I just you yeah. went. To, you were two booths down from him when you went and saw Jim Cummings. Okay. I don't. I don't. Uh, yeah. I don't. I, I just didn't didn't pay that close attention. Obviously. Next to Judith Hogue was, um, I'm probably going to butcher his last name, but comic book artist John Betty. Mm. And he did the Secret Wars Black Spider-Man costume. Uh, he did some Captain America work as well. So Man, that would have been cool. Get like an autograph. I don't have any. The problem is, is I don't have anything to like give to people to sign anymore. Like I don't buy those things. Because if I did, I'd have, you know, like a horde stash of stuff. <laughs> but, yeah. Like me. <laughs> well, yours is neatly organized. Mine would literally just look like a like a hoarder's house. Well, from what I can tell, it looks neatly. <laughs> from what you can tell. <laughs> I'm about to say, I think I've got a nice stack over here that needs to go in boxes. So I will say that, like, you bring up an interesting, like, point or question uh, saying that, you know, you didn't have something. Uh, pretty much everybody at these events has something at their booth Mm. that is geared towards a character they played or voiced or drew or wrote or something, something to that effect. They all have these cool pieces that you can put in frames and things like that. Like if you, uh, for instance, for the audience listening, for a visual reference, if you watch my YouTube channel behind me in most of my videos is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle picture that I've gotten autographed. And I've had lots of people say things about that autograph back behind me. That's one that I actually picked up from Renee Jacobs booth. She did the voice for April O'Neil in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, cartoon series back in the 90s. So, like, they all have these cool pictures and stuff like that. So don't worry about bringing necessarily something or don't worry about going and actually finding something if you're there or whatever else the case is. Like, they're going to have something and then usually it comes with the cost of the autograph for, you know, you'd have it signed. So it's not extra usually. So, yeah. That's cool. I think that's it. We good? Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. All right. Let's talk about this volume four, Thor, God of Thunder, the God Bomb. How do we want to start this, y'all? All All right. Let's I say how we want to start this, and then I'm going to go ahead and tell you something. Uh, Real quick synopsis. This is the, the, like, conclusion to the story here. All three Thors meet and basically take down Gore. We wind up meeting the future granddaughters of Thor. We find out what Thor winds up becoming, how he becomes the Allfather and things like that. 
we find out what the bomb is. We find out how he's making it, why he needed the pieces that he needed, and why Gore did the things that he did. We get an origin story of Gore. So there's a lot of information in this. And and like I said, the conclusion is in the finale of the story of Jason Aaron's run. I love to say, like, on just out of reading these, I really, really hope that they have the librarian in the movie. Because <laughs> he has to be like one of my favorite characters in this whole thing. He's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So let's let's go ahead. Let's do well meters on this. Like as as far as just the story, just just this volume, we'll do a a well meter of the, the complete thing at the end. What's your well meter, Jeremy, on just this volume right here, this volume two? So just the volume two. So I was I was overly whelmed, I believe, on the first volume. This one, I will say honestly, I probably dropped to pleasantly well. I still really enjoyed it, but it seemed to be a little bit more sporadic in these six issues or five issues, six issues. So, uh, again, still really enjoyed it and still would highly recommending, recommend reading it. But I honestly like the first volume, but even though it left you hanging. <laughs> <laughs> and left out the the origin of Gore too. Yeah. Like I thought that was a big, big thing. What'd you, what was your well meter there, Richard? So first off, I, yeah, I absolutely agree. The, the origin, the way this was split up into two volumes, the origin should have been included in volume one. Absolutely. The, my whelming. So I don't remember if I whelmed the first volume, but I was pretty overly whelmed. This one, I will probably, like Jeremy, jump down to a pleasantly well, just because this one was kind of what all, like, the climax of a comic book is. It's pretty straightforward. It's just a lot of cool action and and things on the page. So nothing really wrong with it necessarily, but I've just, I guess I've, I've seen it before. But uh, it's still a great read. Okay. I agree. I think, I feel like, because normally a trade is one through six. And I feel like that volume one was one through five and not one through six. And honestly, I think the last issue of the volume should have been that Thor God of Thunder number six, that origin story, mm-hmm. and left you at that. Like you still would have had the cliffhanger, but then you would have started off with a, oh, well, now I want to know like what's coming up because... I understand his side now. Like, I, I see it. Mm-hmm. So we'll kind of get into that story as, as we go to talking about, you know, what we like and dislike and stuff like that. I'm going to kind of echo a lot of what y'all were saying. I think that mine was pleasantly whelmed on the first volume, and I dropped down as well to about whelmed. I, I feel like it was stretched out. I feel like I got a good sense of Jason Aaron as a writer. And he's very much a storyteller. And I I feel like it separates him a lot from a lot of the other writers nowadays. Not a lot of them are storytellers, it doesn't seem like. And he is very much a a storyteller. And I like that. And it's totally different. So much so that like when I was looking at other books that he wrote, he wrote a book called Southern Bastards. And it's an image comic book. And Jason Ayers from Alabama, like we've talked about before. And the story is based in Alabama. And so it's got me very interested to see, especially since that story is done and over with. It's a 20 issue thing. There's no heat really on it right now. So the issues are pretty easy to get. Uh, I'm probably going to start buying that. I'm probably going to buy the first few issues and read them and see if I like them. 
But yeah, I just I felt like this was kind of stressed out for me. So if you end up liking it, maybe we should do it for the one of our episodes. No, oh, yeah, no, that sure. I mean, even if I don't like it, we can still do it. <laughs> if I don't like it, y'all are bound to like it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. All right. So what do y'all think about this? What do y'all like? Yeah, let's start. Let's start there. What do y'all think about this? What's what was what was the highlights? Well, first off, I love some of the humor in this, uh, like the issue. Well, actually, let me back up a second, because for some reason, I, I think issue six is part of volume one. The art change I did not dig in issue six. Uh, I'm sorry. I can't remember what the artist's name is, but Esad Ribic's art is fucking phenomenal throughout this entire series, like both in volume one and volume two. But they, they change it to, uh, I think his last name's Butcher or or something. But they change it to him, and it's so drastic. So that was one thing I was kind of, I remember us mentioning like last week when we were talking, I don't know if we said anything about it on the, on the actual podcast, but when you were talking about letting us know that, that the artist was different on this one, and I, I, I was paying, <laughs> for the first time probably, I was paying attention to actually who, who was the artist and everything. Mm-hmm. And on this one, it actually said that it, I don't know if it's, it's worded differently in other ones, but Esau Ribic was for the cover, and then it says for the penciler, it's Butch Geis. Yes, and then that's his there's, name. Yeah, so I, I was like, is that so? Is that different? Like, is that done differently than other comics, kind of? Yeah. So sometimes you have artists that like do everything. And then sometimes you have like a penciler who who's somebody who draws essentially the the art, and then you have an inker who will basically make those sketches into actually solid lines and maybe change a few things here or there. And then you have a colorist. Okay. So, but on the other ones, Esau Ribic, he did all of it, like all the cut, like drawing and the coloring and all that kind of stuff. I believe he wasn't the colorist, but he was the penciler and inker. I'm quite curious about whether or not he was the colorist, though. And the reason I say that is because I own a Thor number two that's a one in 25 variant, and it's by Ribic. Like, that's that's it's his variant. And his is very much that watercolor kind of, like, colored pencil, watercolor type deal. Mm-hmm. It looks very much a lot like the interiors in this work, so... I wonder if he does do a little bit of coloring as well. He may, per the 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 wiki that I'm looking at, his color the colorist for all of the issues where he was a penciler and inker. It's I'm gonna butcher this name. I apologize. It's like a Norwegian name, but it's Ive. Uh, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna try it. It's Ive something. <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah, that that's what I was about to say on the on the seventh issue. It shows him as being the Esau Rubik being the artist and Ive Ive S being the colorist. <laughs> <laughs> um also in that uh one of the things I wanted to bring up in that issue, I wonder in the movie, so uh we learn that when Gore is telling his origin to somebody, it's revealed that it's Volstag of the Warriors Three. Volstag, for those who like our listeners and those who don't know, he's the sort of heavy set fat guy, if you will, with red long hair and a red beard. And he's part of the Warriors 3 in the Thor movies. 
Sif, it's usually Sif and the Warriors Three. And since those, the Warriors Three were killed in Ragnarok, I'm wondering, are we going to get a similar scene, but instead it's going to be Sif? Since Sif is the only one that's kind of left hanging out there. We don't know where she is, what she's doing, and whatnot. Yeah, I could, yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. Either Sif or Valkyrie. Yeah. So Yeah, it could be Valkyrie as well. I am trying to... There's there's one thing that made me chuckle, and I'm trying to find it, and I'm having a difficult time. So one thing that did make me chuckle, though, like on one of these was the, uh, the hidden room of the... <laughs> That Odin's son or uh, all father had been hiding, saying he was not allowed to go in, and it was just full of full of ale and yeah. wine. <laughs> yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah. Like get prepared for battle, and you know, like you think he's going to be some kind of weapon or something, and then he goes in, and it's just, it's just, just alcohol. <laughs> it's just, just a ton of alcohol. Uh, uh, you, you mentioned I like the, um, I like at the beginning of issue seven where Allfather is talking with Thor, and he's like, I'm the Allfather. And he's like, are you still just, uh, what are you again? You're an Avenger, Guardians of the Galaxy, the head of this ridiculous <laughs> order of yours? He's like, have you moved to the sun and become a cosmic cop yet? And Thor's like, what? No. He's like, oh, well then forget everything I just said. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that line, I meant, I meant to bring that up. It brings up point that I was going to ask that uh, my wife actually mentioned so in the in the trailer you know we see the Guardians of the Galaxy Star-Lord and all that but obviously they're not in this at all so I, I guess not really more of a question but as a comment and just but like I'm I'm wondering how they're going to bring in the Guardians of the Galaxy to all this how it's supposed to kind of tie into each other so I think more than likely they're just going to be in the first like quarter of the movie. I don't think they're going to be a big part in the rest of this. I think it's going to be Thor like joining up with them and he's realizing like working with the Guardians is just not like filling that void that he's that he's got inside of him. So he's probably going to end up like leaving them. I got you. I think it's going to do like a Thor got his groove back kind of thing. <laughs> Like we we see all the scenes where like you know he's he's pulling the uh, Milano to kind of work out his legs like he's got there's a chain hooked up to the Milano mm-hmm. and he's like trying to pull it while they get the thrusters going and I, I think it's that I think it's he's out there with them to try and get his his body back plus go on these adventures and stuff like that because you know he doesn't want to be king of New Asgard and stuff so I think that's gonna be part of a part of the role or whatever and I think along the way they'll notice that these these gods are being killed or and that's going to kind of be the the separating point of you know yeah y'all don't need to be a part of this y'all go y'all's own way yeah or or Chris Pratt's like uh yeah we're out dude (laughs) god butchering we're out yeah you actually now that I think about it yeah they'll probably show up like on Indigar or something and maybe Thor questions one of them and they're like, oh, thank you. You know, you're a god. We've been praying to ours, but, you know, they're missing or something. And then Thor's like, what do you mean they're missing? It'll, Yeah, it'll probably be something like that. Which will then lead them to Olympus to go find other gods. Right. To see what's going on. So so I, I, I kind of played a trick on y'all because I didn't, I didn't know if, one, I know Jeremy hadn't read this, but two, I didn't know if, hey, no. if Michael... <laughs> well, you had... You, 
We we literally established that you've read zero of Captain Marvel. <laughs> Big old goose egg. I've read the cover. That's not that doesn't count. <laughs> you looked at the cover. I don't think it was there even any text other than Captain Marvel. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. No. <laughs> See, there you go. <laughs> but uh don't know the artist there or any of that stuff. But we learn in this that Shadrach is actually the god of bombs. Mm and fireballs. I kind of didn't want to spoil that for y'all, but yeah, he's, uh, he constantly says like, I'm Shadrach, the God of, you know, whatever. I think we, last week we said he was the somersaults and waterfalls or something like that. Yeah. Jibber jabbers and yabba dabba doos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so we, we learned that big revelation of that. And I thought that was interesting as the story progresses. Yeah, it was, that was a pretty big, big twist in that, but that was also part of what I was talking about earlier where I, I like the librarian being my one of my favorite characters because that, that whole thing just from him basically like just tell me who you are and I'm like like quit quit feeding me a bunch of as Michael would say yabba dabba do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I like that we learn that Gore has kind of become what he hates. Like he mm-hmm. himself has become a god. I thought that was an interesting. I wonder if we'll get that in the movie. Yeah, I thought that was a really another really interesting twist there. That basically, I mean, because it keeps getting pointed out throughout this volume, or yeah, been multiple times in there where at least somebody suggests that he's basically a god. I mean, he pretty much is. He's been around for thousands of years, pretty much, and I mean, but he just hates being called that. It that really is truly what what he is, and it basically it pretty much becomes his. His demise in the end. Mm-hmm. So my question is, as far as like the All Black, that's from Null. Null's the god of symbiotes. The All Black is supposed to be symbiotes. Is that not right? Yeah, it's per the thing that I was reading on. It's the first symbiote that was ever created. So I guess it's like he had the symbiote create his new wife and create his son. Yeah, I, that that was one of the things that I don't think. I, I, is Jason Aaron the one who created Null? He's the one who creates Null, correct? Donnie Cates. It was Donnie Cates. And Ryan Stegman. Okay. So more than likely, Donnie Cates probably was at Marvel and was like, I got this idea for, for this character. And they may, because sometimes editorial will tell other writers and creators to put like seeds of things in their story. So I'm wondering if maybe All Black or maybe just Jason Aaron thought it was a dope-ass name for a sword and a weapon. <laughs> and then <laughs> Donny Cates was just like, I'm going to yes and on that. Right. And say it's like, no, it was a symbiote all along. Yeah. Because then they never, they started talking about the weapon. And it's like they never finished it, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Jason Aaron, when he's writing about it, it was like he was describing, he was talking about the weapon, about how, yeah, people thought it was this. People thought it was that, but then they never like actually said what it was mm-hmm. necessarily. I don't. I don't remember getting a full yeah explanation of what it was. Yeah he he says he says when Thor like current day Thor like Avengers Thor not young Thor or All Father Thor uses like he gets absorbed with all black and and uh, takes the hammer and absorbs like the god bomb so. It's like we're jumping, we're jumping to the end of the series for a second. Um, well, there's 
Yeah, he uh, he says to Gore that you know, like you don't even know the the name of the weapon that you willed. Its name is All Black, the Necro Sword, and he lists off a couple other names. And he's like, "You were right. It, you know, it." Or he was like, "You're wrong about one thing. It was meant to be wielded by a god, and but you're right about the others. It's meant to kill gods. So maybe Jason Aaron just was gonna make this some cool ass." God-killing weapon, and then, like I said, Donny Cates just sort of yes and onto it. But the other, real quick, just the other little thing that kind of bugged me was that whole, like, introducing Gore's, like, new family. And I use family in air quotes because he murders his wife when she calls him a god, and then that makes his son betray him, but, like, they're not real. They're their own, like, constructs that he made. That felt very muddled. Yeah, well, to say on that is what I agree on there. Because, like, to me, I didn't really understand or see that until, I mean, you, at least I would imagine everybody else did. Like, doesn't, doesn't know that he created them, basically, until the end anyway. Like, they just randomly appear there that he's got. Because at that point, you know, the way I had understood it, the way I felt is that his whole world had been, his whole race had been extinct, pretty much, except for him. Or I may have mis- misread that, but the way it seemed to me at that point is that he was the only one left. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there's a wife and a son. I'm like, okay. So I just kept reading on, but then, yeah, all that happened in with where he killed her and then he did the son just disappeared. Yeah. You know, I don't know, Jeremy. I don't, can't remember if they talk about if his race goes extinct. I imagine they did just because of how fucking awful that planet is. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not sure. I would say the race went extinct only because like it was impressive how long he lived anyways. Like I know he time traveled, but that was like 900 years. You know what I mean? And like like we we're saying that that planet was going extinct it seemed like anyways. So for him to sit there and time travel and then it's he didn't go find his own, so he made his own. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So and then he made it to ascend. Like she worshipped him anyway, so she he made it to worship him. Yeah. It it, it I, I don't know. There was something. There were some odd odd things about that mm-hmm. because then it's like you know from my experience with the, you know like the symbiote and venom and stuff like that, which I, I don't have a tremendous knowledge or amount of that, but it's like venom is always looking for a host, or the symbiote is always looking for a host. And somebody to feed off of. And it's usually like a, almost like a Ghostbusters negative energy kind of thing that they feed off of. And well, uh, you can probably speak more to this, Richard, because, yeah. you know, being our expert Spider-Man fan. <laughs> well, uh, just from uh, like when, when they started establishing that Venom is not called a symbiote, he's a Clintar. And oh, there's a god of Clintars called Null. I was like, no, fuck that. I don't care about any of that. It's dumb. <laughs> It's so dumb. Like, don't get me wrong. Null is like the most death metal thing that you could ever put into the Marvel universe. But I still hate that they introduced that like, oh, there's a god of symbiotes. But before, yes, they 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 do sort of feed on your negative. So originally, the suit was in a machine that they thought it was during Secret Wars, the original run, the one that was trying to sell toys, not the 2015 run. But um, 
it was in a machine that they thought would make new suits because Spider-Man's suit got torn and it made him the black suit. Then later on, it's revealed that it's alive and it's a symbiote. And it starts kind of changing Peter's personality and yada, yada. Y'all have seen the movie kind of sums it up in a general term of what it kind of does to Peter Parker. But he eventually gets it off of him because the it was supposedly established that symbiotes were weak to sonics, so sound, or fire because they lived out in space. And what are the two things that don't really happen in space? Sound and fire. So anyway... When he got it off, it just so happened around that time that Eddie Brock was, I'm just trying to speed run through this. There's some more details, but Eddie Brock was basically in a church and was like basically going to kill himself. And he hated, you know, Peter Parker and the Venom symbiote felt that negative energy, that hate towards Peter Parker, because it is essentially like a jilted lover it it wants to be, it still wants to be with Peter because Peter is its like perfect host. And it instead went and found Eddie and because of how it sensed all that negative energy towards essentially Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Sorry, that was a lot to say. I just, I just wanted to info dump that real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Um, so like that kind of like brings me to my other points though. Is it like, how does a essentially a Venom-possessed Thor able to wield not one but two Mjolnirs. Mm -hmm. Like, how is he still worthy at that point in time? How is he able to clank these things together and stuff (laughs) like that and and make all this noise in this racket that apparently is a weakness to the symbiote? Like, uh, it just... Yeah. and, And then he even questioned, he doubted himself, and we know later on that he he becomes unworthy to wield Mjolnir. And, and like, during the story, he's questioning himself. So, like, how's he, how's he able to pick up two? Yeah, so you, you definitely bring up, that was one of my things in my notes, just real quick about how, like, yes, that absolutely is where the seed is planted of the unworthy Thor storyline that we eventually get in original, well, where he becomes unworthy in original sin. But anyway. I was just also going to say, like, Richard's favorite saying on, like, why that he could wield those, because comics. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's funny. I felt like this last volume just kind of drug on. Like, Mm. when we got to the action, finally, like, even the action sometimes just drug on. I didn't understand why there was, like, a I can't remember the name like a it's like a you know that schoolyard dome that had all the bars that like when you're a kid you can yeah. like cl- it's like an igloo yeah like why does a symbiote version of that with bodies like mixed in yeah. like they're not even touching the hammers why does that keep the hammers from from flying back to the Thors I don't understand that yeah I don't either <laughs> I was shocked that it was like they said it was like a cage made of god flesh so I was expecting like mutilated bodies yes, and it was just living people just like strung up in in symbiote goo right by the way if if you haven't read the king in black which is the main story where null finally comes to earth be ready for that it's just all just black goo everywhere it's it's weird (laughs) i'll say this much when you finally get the look of of thor in the all black 
And like yeah. his apparently his voice changed because the text and stuff like that changes along with it, mm-hmm. which is kind of odd because Gore didn't. It didn't seem like Gore's voice changed, but Thor's did. Uh, anyways, that was the most badass image I think in this entire like twelve issues, eleven issues, whatever it was. Like that was so awesome. I love that picture. Mm. Like that was awesome. With it, yeah, with his eyes actually turning black and everything too. Oh well, just yeah, just that that full like panel yeah. of just his full body, and he's he's got that hat, that black hashing that's going all in the shadows and stuff like mm. that. But you, you can see other details of him, just like we've seen Gore throughout the book, and he's holding both Mjolnir's at that point. Like it was awesome, but I was like, this doesn't make sense. But this is badass. <laughs> 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 just let it happen, just let it happen. right <laughs> no. I love that there was there's just some funny like references like current Thor whatever the middle Thor <laughs> was like is this one of those alternate futures that the X-Men keep going on about <laughs> I did like that yeah I I could not stand the dialogue, and I understand it's Thor, but a lot of the times, I, like I got so tired of All Father calling the other one's boy, and I just, like I was just like, okay, I get like a few times it's okay, but I'm so tired of hearing that, and just the thou's and the these and doth thou mother know thou weareth her drape? Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I was like Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that in. In Avengers 1, when he does that, that is straight up a reference to how Thor speaks in the comics. But yeah, I, I like the boy thing just because I really like the... Oh, I can't remember what year it is, but the most recent God of War game where you play as older Kratos and he, you know, calls his son boy. He's like, come boy. Anyway, I, I kept picturing that voice during that. I, I like I like jaded like all father Thor though. Like he's just like quit quit gawking at me, boy. <laughs> I was fine with him as like a character, but like I just I got tired of the dialogue. It just it got old for me way too quickly. Uh, no, I no, whenever I was reading those, I, I kinda had you in the back of my head just like uh, how much you must be hating reading this. <laughs> It was cracking me up. Just, just the back and forth of, bro, boy, bro, boy, <laughs> bro, boy. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say something and then just completely it off. <laughs> I was gonna say you raised your hand. I did. I knew. I know. And I had to. <laughs> you were gonna call fish. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I did have this down. Old Thor can't remember anything, and I, I wrote down in a note. He's like Jeremy. <laughs> hey. uh, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, what I was going to say was, is that what do we want to see from these two volumes that we've just read? Like, do we want to see any of this in the actual Thor: Love and Thunder movie? I said mine earlier, but I want to see the librarian. <laughs> I really want to see. Him. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we're going to see time-traveling Thors. I absolutely want to see All-Father Thor. I think that'd be really cool to see. I really think we're going to get Jane Foster Thor and Thor Odinson fighting Gore and maybe Beta Ray Bill. That that was one question I was going to have. You know, with the trailer and everything, you know, having Jane coming in there and Beta Ray Bill, and obviously 
none of them show up in this series. I mean, any ideas of where they're bringing those two in from? So, I mean, Jane's already been established, and she's got her own story later on. So, like, bringing Jane in can be kind of easy. And there's already been, like, leaked scenes from her at New Asgard. And from the commercial, you can see we're going to be in New Asgard at some point in time anyways as well. We do get the boat. This the same it looks the same as in this volume two as well. So that's something else that's pretty cool that we'll get because they travel on a giant ship that looks just like the one in the the trailer in in volume two here. All Father Thor and Avenger Thor do. Beta Ray Bill that might be that might I could see them maybe bringing him in as they go to Olympus. So maybe that's how they would do that. Yeah, it's gonna be a a different like like who the fuck is this horseman <laughs> if he shows up. <laughs> I feel like they're going to need to introduce him pretty early on and so that way they can kind of explain him so by the time the climax of the fight happens. But also, like, the next issue, the very next issue, it introduces Jane with the, with the, ca- uh, with the cancer. So if you, if you read, like, issue 12, I think, is what it was, yep. it introduces her. He goes and talks with her and talks about how she has cancer and he's all like, no, I can go get you some magic to like heal you. And she's like, no, I, I want to beat this like the normal way. But um, I definitely want to see Gore like just kicking some ass. Like I want to see him just whoop on like friggin' Thor and even Jane Foster. I think we're going to see that. I recently, I didn't think about it because I haven't read this run in a while. But um the 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 moon that we were commenting on i think that's going to be the god bomb and i rewatched that trailer after i had kind of mentioned that but when we saw that lightning strike out you know that edit that we talked about how like gore takes the sword and slams it down into the moon and we see lightning i think if you if you pause it like and look at it frame by frame, we see all those black tendrils like blow up and fall down. So I'm assuming that's the climax of the movie when, or close to the climax of the movie when Thor or Jane or all three are like fighting Gore and they destroy it. But I want to see like maybe Gore transforms into maybe his comic book self. I know we kind of mentioned that at the very least has that like dope ass looking symbiote armor that he has at the end of this story. You know what I mean? Like he looks very like, I don't know, God of War like character. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I, some of the things I thought would be cool if they added that. I'd be totally okay if like he went full symbiote or something like that and they changed his look using that. I don't want him to go from like looking like powder to not having a nose and like tentacles coming off his head and stuff like, like, I don't want that at all. Like, I feel like if that was the case, he should have just had no nose and stuff the whole time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not even concerned about the, the teeth being sharp, but the fact of the matter, like what's so cool about Gore is just the detail that they've done to his eyes and stuff like that. And it, I think they're trying to do something with Christian Bale's eyes. Like with contacts, because if you you can kind of see it in the trailer where he's got these gold looking eyes, so I'm 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 I appreciate that effort at least. 
But yeah, I, I don't want him to, to look like his comic accurate self the more he gets into this. I, I'm cool if he goes, if he starts getting like a black robe and like mm-hmm. black tentacles and like that look like symbiote stuff coming off of him and, and help him fight. And like, I'm cool with that. That's sure. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I, mean, I have to agree on that one. Like, because it, it wouldn't make sense to, why, why would the symbiote be taking his nose as he's growing? <laughs> like, I mean, so I, I, I completely agree. Like, I think it'd be cool to see him starting getting more pronounced with all the black and everything kind of taking over uh, his body almost. But, and also I agree with Richard that I, I really want to see God, the gore, the God butcher actually butcher gods and be portrayed as, as detrimental as it is in the comics. I mean, it, just allowing allowing Thor to kind of go around and see the different areas where it's just been completely destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I want to see some cool, like Thor and gore fighting some more. And some more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I want to see some cool ass fight scenes near the, the climax of it. Yeah. Do y'all think Korg makes it out of this alive? I hope so. Yes. I like Korg. I think, I think Korg will. I'm worried about Valkyrie. I'm wondering if Valkyrie is going to make it out alive on this. If Valkyrie goes, that's the king slash queen of Asgard that's gone then. So who's going to take over that? Which I don't know that she wants to be a king queen of that anyways. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because I don't know where else I could go with her either. Yeah. So. Well, the the reason the reason I bring it up is just because we talked about it when Jane Foster stops being Thor, she becomes Valkyrie mm-hmm. and has the cool ass weapon. So I'm kind of wondering if Jane Foster, like Natalie, Natalie Portman's character, ends up being super popular, they could eventually make her into the new Valkyrie if the previous Valkyrie is dead. What's the cool weapon? Underjarn. It uh if I'm pronouncing that right, I may not be. But basically, it's Mjolnir, and it can change into, like, whatever she... It's another Green Lantern deal. She can change it to what she needs it for. It can be a sword. It can be a mace. It can be a whip. It can be a whatever. So, but it, it transforms. Gotcha. I did like in this one, in, in this, like, how the young Thor has a hammer, quote-unquote, there for part of it, but it's just a big hammer that he just wields around. It's not real near. Like, I felt like that was just... I don't know, just a punch to the gut to him on that one. <laughs> yeah. He near the I think it's like in the epilogue, he tries to lift Mjolnir. Uh-huh. He, but it like it budges slightly, but it, it won't actually lift. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, he actually like says like I can I felt it move. I know it. It moved. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Just real quick, I, I've got a question for y'all. Do you think we'll see time travel any? Since we already just got a movie not too long ago with time travel, do you think they'll do the whole Chronux and time travel thing a little bit? I would think it'd be cool if they did. I don't know that they will. I mean, you, you're probably already kind of getting people confused with all the different multiverses and stuff like that right now going on. And, you know, we can only hold on to, you know, actually this MCU is 616 for real now. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it'd be cool, like I said, I think it'd be cool to see the, the, the time travel, but I think it'd be more along the lines of doing, at least, I, I sure think that they need to do some kind of 
flashback as far as him being in that in that cave with Gore. They at least need to have that in there. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be really hard to, to see how this one won without Captain Marvel. So. <laughs> On the one hand, I'm like, my initial response is no. Like, we're not going to see time travel. But then, like, the more that I think about it, I'm like, how does the God Bomb work without time travel? Yeah. And how, like, time travel fits in so well with everything else that's going on right now with Loki, which has ties to Thor. So it it kind of makes me think, well, maybe we will get time travel. Maybe... You know, that was like original recipe Loki. That was the old man that became the old powerful Loki there at the end. And and we're gonna find you know, we're gonna find out he actually did make it away and he's been hanging out on the planet or something. Like I don't know. Just real quick, I, you might made me remind me of something. I like when old uh, once again at the epilogue, old Thor tells younger Thor, not the youngest Thor. Anyway, the middle one, Avenger Thor, whatever we want to call him, Thor number two. <laughs> He tells him to kill Loki the first chance that he gets. I just think that's yeah. funny. <laughs> that's what I was looking for. Yes. Yes. I love that. I love that. <laughs> okay. Well, what is what is y'all's well meter for the entire volume one, volume two together as a story? Because it seems very much that that's how Aaron want this read was these two as a story, as one complete story. So what is y'all's well meter with the entire thing as a story? For me, I was pleasantly whelmed. I was close to being overly whelmed, but uh, definitely pleasantly whelmed. And I would definitely recommend anybody that's interested in Thor in, in the slightest and or even just wanting to know a little bit more about the movie coming up to definitely go read all by him. Because in itself is still fun read. Or like you were saying, Michael, earlier, I feel like he's a good, he did, he did a good job with making it a story through and through type thing. You know, one building off the next and continuing that storyline. So I definitely enjoyed it. And I would definitely recommend going to read the whole, whole, both volumes. Yeah. I, I, I would probably just echo everything Jeremy just said. I'm, I'm pleasantly whelmed. I was more overly whelmed in the first half and then pleasantly whelmed, but this is like, probably me and my, I don't know, second time, maybe third. I don't know. I can't. Anyway, it's good. I like it. I absolutely would recommend someone, even if you don't like Thor, just read this. It's it's real quick. I mean, like it's uh, 11 issues and you could honestly read it in a day. And it's, it's a fun little quick read. Yeah. I, uh, I will start off by saying this. Jason Aaron is definitely a writer that I'm way more interested into now than I was before. He is much more of a storyteller than any of the other writers that I've read. The artwork through, for the most part, throughout the entire book is on point. There are some, it's, it seemed like the last issue, like halfway through the issue, they changed artists or something. And I didn't like that at all. And then the gore issue, I didn't see the gore origin story. I didn't see too much of. As far as like a change, it didn't bother me, I guess is what I'm saying. So for me, the artwork was on point the whole time and that's that's a driving factor for me as far as you get an introduction to a villain gore and you get his entire story in 11 issues like start to finish 11 issues 
That's his whole story. That's his whole run. I don't know of him outside of anything outside of the story. So this really is does seem to be like Gore's story, and I like that as well. Uh, as a whole, I'm probably whelmed. Like I said, the dialogue was was difficult for me. I just don't like that kind of stuff. Uh, I just don't know that it was necessarily wrote for me, and that's fine. I do think it's a good story. I do recommend reading it, especially with Gore coming up in the Thor Love and Thunder movie, because I feel like this gives you everything that you could possibly even need to know for that movie as far as him and his character. So yeah, I'm 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 whelmed. I'm whelmed as far as the story goes. But it is a good read and I do recommend it. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. Cool. You got anything else? No, I think that's it. I think I'm good. Lord, Jeremy, where can they find you at? Well, they can find me on Twitch. Every now and then playing a little bit here or there. You can find me under the handle Night Fury GTO. It's Night K. And of course you can find me here. Alright. Richard, where can I find you at? Uh you can find me on Twitter if you want to contact me directly. My handle is Night Curry. Night like day and night and curry with a K. If you want to contact us directly, we have an Instagram. Our Instagram is Comically Comics Podcast. We also have a Gmail, and our Gmail is Comically Comics Podcast at gmail.com. And I was also going to mention, obviously we were at the album Comic Con. But there's a chance maybe next, well, I guess it would be uh, the Friday coming up from this episode, which is the 17th, I believe it is, may or may not make an appearance at the Fan Expo in Dallas, Texas, and I may or may not be addressed as a uh, lovable character, comic book character, uh, Captain America. Oh, I was really <laughs> hoping you were going to say Captain Marvel. <laughs> well, <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to go down that road. <laughs> I was really pushing for your wife to dress up as that, Jeremy. I'm just saying. Yeah, we're we're tossing up between either her being uh, Captain Marvel or uh, Captain Carter. So. No, no, no. Put put up or shut up. You absolutely dress like Captain Marvel. You wear a wig. You wear that that suit. I gotta get some like some balloons. You, like actually, you, you've already got kind of like the Carol Danvers haircut already. Oh, the short one. Yeah, the yeah. short yes. one. So you could just easily do it. Thanks. <laughs> and you just go old school Miss Marvel on it, and you do the one piece bathing suit with the little sash around your waist. <laughs> the, yeah, I was about to say the unitard with the sash. <laughs> yeah, and like the 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 halfway up my thighs boots kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they're like calf boots or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Gotta get your bikini wax for that one. <laughs> no, I'm all, I'm gonna go all natural. <laughs> <laughs> Learn how to tuck your shit. <laughs> go ace Ventura. <laughs> oh, all right. Also, we have established our YouTube as well. So you should be able to find us on YouTube at Comically Comics Podcast. There's a Comically Comics out there, and that's not us. You have to put the podcast on the end, and then you'll find Those us. Those are variants. Yes. yes. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I, the, guy, the guy's got one subscriber. I need to check him out. He may be cool. But yeah, you'll see our little, our little logo on there, and uh, just, you know, you can go over there and hit subscribe. 
we have a, a little short right now and that's it. So hopefully we'll start being putting up some more shorts and stuff like that and whatnot. So that'll be fun. You can find me on Instagram at 22 underscore comics. You can find me at whatnot the same handle. You can find me on YouTube at 22 comics. Thank you all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed listening as much as we did making it. And with all that being said, say goodbye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Bye. <laughs> Who are you? I am the god of thunder! Wow. Wow, I didn't hear any thunder, but out of your fingers, was that like sparkles? <laughs>